Well, whew, got Thanksgiving coming up here this week. Praise God. And um, I am just going to tell you right now, I hope you have a glorious Thanksgiving with family, friends, amen. Uh, of course, our CR group, they're meeting. Praise God. They're still doing their thing on Thanksgiving Day. What a blessing. Praise God. Hallelujah. They're coming together as a family. Amen. And uh, appreciate that and all that they're doing there. And, and so I just kind of wanted to, uh, today, um, you know, I uh, don't necessarily always uh, take a holiday and then do a sermon around it, but uh, today I want to talk about sowing thanks. When I talk about sowing, I'm going to talk about needle and thread. I'm talking about casting it like we're sowing seed. Amen. And uh, so I want to, um, I want to put uh, Galatians 6, verse 7 on the board. We last week were talking uh, about sowing and reaping, what it means to sow and reap. And we have, um, of course, over the course of, uh, boy, it's been 11 months talking about overcoming. And um, so this 11-month period of the series of overcoming has been uh, really made up of multiple mini-series within it. And uh, we've been talking uh, quite a bit uh, in the last month uh, about a diligent uh, lifestyle in the area of uh, you know, being diligent and disciplined uh, in, uh, in what we do and, and uh, how many know if you're not going to be diligent about some things, not going to be disciplined about some things, no matter how many times you seem to get over something, it's just going to come right back. Come on, somebody. It's hard to overcome something unless you're going to be a little bit more diligent, a little bit more disciplined in some things. And so we began to talk about being disciplined in our thought life and uh, because it's, that's where it all begins, really. And uh, you can be you know, uh, saying on the outside something you want to do and be, uh, you know, or see accomplished or see happen. Uh, but if your thoughts are going down another road, it's only a matter of time. It's inevitable, actually, that you will begin to play out or walk out, talk out, come on, react, respond, choose, decide based on, uh, you know, your most uh, predominant thoughts. That's just the way it works. And uh, so a lot of people, a lot of times, uh, can even play a little facade. Um, sometimes it's easy to play church because we're only here for, you know, a couple hours. Um, you know, I, I'm believing it's none of you, uh, but uh, sometimes, you know, we can come to church and we can, we can look the part, play the part, talk the part. You know, we, we can learn Christianese pretty easy. Um, you know, you come here, um, we, we talk a little bit, we, we do a lot of amens and hallelujahs and, and praise the Lord and God's good and and a lot, of, a lot of things like that. And, and we can learn that. You just come about one or two weeks, and pretty soon you got it down. You could jump right anywhere, and, 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 and rightfully so. I'd rather you say that than other things, um, you know, while you're here. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, the point is, is that, you know, you can kind of come, and, you know, sometimes you can kind of, you know, play the part. But what really counts is what's going on on the inside because it's inevitable if your thoughts are running down a different road, it's inevitable once you walk out of here, we're going to go right down, right back down that road. And so it's inevitable. And so um, last week I talked about um, sowing and reaping um, because, you know, your actions and your words, um, it produces something. And so uh, let's look at this verse. And then uh, it says, do not be deceived. Now, you know why it says don't be deceived? Because you can be, you can be. Now remember, he's talking to the church, not talking to the world here. He's talking to you and me. Okay, do not be deceived. Uh, God is not mocked. In other words, uh, you know, God, no matter how much you agree with him or disagree with him or, or turn your nose up at him or whatever, it, it, whether you agree with it or not is irrelevant. Come on now, what I mean by that is that the, the principle is the principle. Now hopefully you agree with it and then hook up with it and then you get to live it, praise God. On a, on a plus side, not a negative side. But God is not mocked for whatever a man sows. Now, that, that's also women. So I throw that out there. Now, we're talking about mankind, all right? So whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Hmm. 
whatever a man sows. So, you know, if our words, our actions, uh, choices and decisions, um, whatever direction they go, it produces something because it's seed being sown. Are you still with me? Everybody say whatever. Now, this word whatever here, um, let's go ahead and define it. It means uh, whatever thing you sow, no matter what. Okay? When you're talking about sowing, we're talking about scattering or broadcasting seed, and it refers to any seed sown. Okay? So it also refers to anything in word or anything in action. All right? Now, for those that don't know what we're talking about, a seed, you know, a uh, seed is defined that which from which anything springs from or a, a, a cause, hello, or an action to, to an effect. Okay, cause and effect that comes out of seed time, seed time harvest, sowing and reaping, cause and effect. All of it uh, comes out of this, all right? Um, to reap, because there's that word in there, to reap uh, speaks of a harvest, uh, and it says in the sense of a crop, a produce, product, or byproduct is also mentioned in here. In other words, an outcome or an effect. All right. Now, J.B. Phillips' translation in this verse here says, a man's harvest, his, his outcome, his effect in life will depend entirely, entirely on what he sows. So we've taken some time, you know, to look at this because, you know, a lot of times we go along in life and we, you know, we're doing, we're saying, we're being, we're choosing, we're uh, deciding, we're all these things that would go on in everyday living. And, and sometimes, you know, we just go along thinking that's just life and the way it is. But God says you got to take everything pretty serious because it's important what you sow. It's important what you say. It's important what you do. It's important how you choose, how you decide. Amen. Your words, your actions produce something. All right. And uh, so a lot of times what happens is, you know, we're, uh, we're not happy with, with what's going on in our life. And sometimes it's due to our sowing. Sometimes we're living in a harvest and we say, well, I don't like this harvest. Well, then we got to change what we sow. I said, then we got to change what we sow. Now, a lot of times over this, um, you know, we get on this principle uh, I, I don't know, I don't, think, I don't think we necessarily mean to do this, but I think sometimes we have a tendency to lean toward a negative side, you know, looking at it, you know, don't be, you know, judgmental. If you're judgmental, it comes back. If you're critical, it comes back on you. If, you. if you're unforgiving, it comes back. And all those are accurate. All those are accurate. But you also have to understand that God designed this thing to work for you. This is supposed to be something that you get a hold of and get it working for you. Amen. Not, not something that works against you. Amen. And so today I wanted to talk about, you know, uh, you know, our thanksgiving, our giving of thanks. Amen. You have to see it as a seed sown. And it produces something. I said it produces something. Um, go with me, if you will, to Colossians chapter 3, please. Colossians chapter 3. Remember, we determine our harvest based on the seed that we sow. I said, based on the seed that we sow. Now, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to go verse 17. This whole text actually has got, um, you know, pretty, it's a great text, but we're going to just kind of jump here in the middle of it. I just want to kind of lay some groundwork concerning this thing called thanks. Verse 17 says, whatever you do in word or deed, in other words, in voice or in action, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it as unto Him, right? But then it says, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Okay, how is it done? Through thanks. Amen. Giving thanks. You know, part of it is it keeps your attitude right. I said part of it, it keeps your attitude right. Uh-huh. Sometimes we can serve and sometimes we might, you know, strive to say the right thing and strive to do the right thing, but we do it with a grumbly attitude and it kind of messes up the process. Hello, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad that's not you. <laughs> Amen. So, 
all that we do in, uh, you know, in word or deed, we do it as unto the Lord. And it says, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now, uh, again, the message translation is kind of a cool uh, uh, translation. Uh, but it says that we're thanking God the Father, it says, every step of the way. In other words, in all that we do, as we're moving along, uh, we need to get in this habit of being thankful, giving thanks. Maybe we could say today, sowing thanks, okay? So uh, we need to be a people who, amen, give thanks. Now, um, I hope everybody has an ear to hear today, um, you know, pretty much on a regular basis. It seems like most Sundays anyway, maybe not every Sunday, but most Sundays. Um, I'm probably going to, you know, have us all take time to lift our hands and give thanks. And there's a reason why we do it. And uh, I don't just do it just because I'm looking for something to waste a few minutes and let's see if I can get you all to do this. And we play gospel aerobics together and up with the hands, down with the hands, here we go, jump and shout, whatever. But the idea is everything has purpose. And we give thanks because we're sowing something. And our thanks produces something. Are you still with me? Amen. Thanks. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's good to give thanks. All right, let's look at another verse real quick. Amen. First Thessalonians 5. Put that on the board, if you will. We're just kind of we're laying some groundwork here. In everything, everybody say in everything. Now, you notice it didn't say for everything, but it said in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, in everything. There's a lot of things that go on that uh, we wish weren't going on. Come on. And uh, we're not here giving thanks for all the uh, pressures and all the issues and all the ups and downs, that, uh, you know, the things that go on that we don't like, whatever. But, um, but in the midst of everything, we have to learn to give thanks. Why? Well, it's the will of God. I said it's the will of God. One of the nice re- or one of the reasons why you know have everybody you know enter into a thing a place of thanksgiving is because for at least a, a few moments there we got everybody in the will of God. I mean, you can look at it any way you want, but you know, sometimes you know uh, people go along and we say, "I just wonder if I'm in the will of God. I just wonder what I need to be doing. What should I be doing?" And, uh, you know, it becomes a, an issue sometimes for some. And, and over the years, I've had a lot of folks come in and say, I'm just, I'm just trying to find the will of God for my life, you know. And, and um, well, you know, this is a good start. If you don't know what else to do, just start giving thanks for things. Start giving God thanks for what he's done. Amen. Has God not done great things for you? Amen. For what he's done. How about, how about doing? Is God doing things in your life? Amen. Maybe you're still believing God concerning an area or two of your life, but yet there's other things that God is doing. Come on, somebody. And you can start giving God thanks for that. And then I always believe you need to start giving God thanks for what you're believing for. If you're believing for an answer, you're believing for a breakthrough, you're believing for God to do something. Right now, that's how you ex- extend your faith. Start giving thanks for it, praise God. And you might be amazed at how fast something comes to pass. Amen. So in everything, no matter what's going on in your life, learn to give thanks. Now, again, uh, this goes back to, you know, uh, back to what you're going to think on and meditate on. And if all you're ever going to think about is what ain't going right, well, it's going to be hard to be thankful. Come on, somebody. So you have to learn to focus your thoughts on what is going right. Amen. I have found the quickest way to get anything answered. Amen. Is keep yourself in faith, not in some grumbly Attitude. I mean, you're, that's probably a sure way of not getting something to come to pass. So it's better to keep your, keep your mind right, keep your thoughts right, keep your thinking right. Amen. And then, of course, today dealing with thanksgiving. Let's look at another verse here. Go with me to uh, Hebrews. Let's do Hebrews chapter 13. Let's look at that one. Amen. Hebrews 13. Verse 15, please. Just laying some groundwork. 13 and 15 says this. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Sometimes it, it, it's, it might be a sacrifice of praise. Amen? A sacrifice of praise to God. And he explains what, what that is. That is, 
just in case you didn't know what he's talking about. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Amen. But do not forget to do good. In other words, to, to, be, to be beneficial toward others. And to share means literally to be, a, uh, to be a participator, a partner, a helping people, sharing, giving. Amen. For with such sacrifices, plural, God is well pleased. Well, the first one he mentions is praise because that's where it starts. Now, it says, verse 15 again, that praise is to God here. What he's talking about is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Now, let me define thanksgiving or the giving of thanks. Here's how it's defined. To express, everybody say express. To express gratitude. Okay, to speak praise, everybody say speak, to speak praise and to confess adoration and appreciation, everybody say confess. Now it makes it pretty clear that when we're talking about the giving of thanks, it's something coming out your mouth. Um, you know, we use it sometimes, we say it when we get into these things, you know, well, I have a praise in my heart. Well, I, that's good. I'm hoping you got a praise in your heart, but the word's pretty clear that whatever's in your heart in abundance is going to come out your mouth. So if you really do have a praise in your heart, it should be coming out your mouth. Come on, somebody. We should always have something, amen, of thanks, of praise, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto God, coming out our mouths. Amen. So that means every now and then you're going to have to stop and say, Lord, I just want to thank you. Amen. For what you've done, for what you're doing, whatever. I want to thank you for my family. I want to thank you for our church. I want to thank you for, uh, you know, for what you did here. I want to thank you for your provision. I want to thank you for the breakthrough. I want to thank you for your healing. I want to thank you for all that you did uh, you know, throughout uh, the day. I want to thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do. I want to thank you, Lord, amen, that I'm redeemed. I want to thank you, Lord, that I am heaven-bound. Hallelujah. I'm no longer heading to hell. I am heaven-bound. I want to thank you that I'm paid for by the blood of Jesus. I want to thank you I'm redeemed. Hallelujah. That I'm the righteousness of God. That I am an overcomer. Hallelujah. That I am a conqueror. That I walk by faith and not by... Lord, I want to thank you. That's how it works. And that probably took what about, I don't even think I used 60 seconds up there. And everything shifts. Because it's seed being sown. I said because it's seed being sown. And it produces an outcome. It produces an effect. It produces a harvest. It produces a product or, as I said earlier, a byproduct. Amen. It affects the atmosphere. Giving thanks is not only the will of God. Verse 16 says that, what is it he says? It is well-pleasing to him. So my thought is, just on the basis of giving thanks is not only the will of God, but it's what pleases God. Well, heck, I'm on board. Come on, right? So, amen. Let's be a people who give thanks. Let's be a people, amen, who walk in the will of God, who please God. Amen. By sowing thanks unto Him, praise God, hallelujah. And when we do that, all of a sudden we give God room to do some things, praise the Lord, change some things, and that's how this thing works. Can I hear a big amen? amen. All right, so let's talk about this change, this outcome, this effect, hallelujah, because the Word has got a lot to say about it. So we're going to go to Luke chapter 17, please. Luke and 17. I think this one here is amazing because it is just pretty much in your face. 
about banks. Verse 11 of chapter 17 says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Amen. Verse 12, please. Hallelujah. And then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. Now, of course, they're outside the city. Amen. Because they're basically in a leper colony at that time. Uh, that was a, a disease you, you, you've seen uh, quite, quite often. And so it's a, it's a nasty disease. Uh, it's a disease that basically eats away at your flesh. It's pretty gross. And it is contagious. And that's why they would put them outside the city if they ever contacted or contracted that, whatever. Did I say that right? Uh, they put them outside the city and uh, into a colony where they were all together. And for the most part, it, it didn't mean good things. Most of them died there. Okay? Um, you know, the, uh, like I said, the, the disease, it eats away at the flesh and usually at the, you know, like the fingers, the ears, nose, you know, and just gradually works its way uh, just till basically it just kills you. And it's a nasty disease. And so they're outside the city. They obviously see Jesus is coming. And so they begin to lift up their voices they figured, you know, why not? Why not? You know? So they lift up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Hmm. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was, amen, that as they went, they were cleansed. Everybody say, as they went. Because that was key, okay? So they had to follow through with it. Go back to that verse again. Let's put it back up there. So go show yourselves to the priest. Now, all that meant, and they know exactly what that meant, because the only way they could come back into society was to be cleared by the priest, amen, to, to basically the, the disease, for whatever reason, somehow, if the disease uh, stopped, uh, somehow their, 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 the color of their skin came back right, all that kind of stuff, they could tell that the disease had run its course or whatever, Amen. The priest then could release them to go back into society, go back to their homes, go back to their families. Amen. And so they knew exactly what that meant when he said, go show yourselves to the priests. All right. And as they went, so they turned and started heading into town. Amen. To go see the priest. Praise God. So they, uh, you know, as he said, and the word said they were cleansed. Come on, right? So the word cleansed, all right? The word cleansed means to make clean, to purge, or to purify, okay? So obviously, um, they could even tell on their way there that the disease was done. So somehow, purify or cleanse, they could tell by looking at their hands or whatever or looking at each other that, you know, that they could tell the disease because I think if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it would even turn them kind of white. And, uh, um, you know, some of the other cases throughout the Scripture talks about somebody that was a leper uh, and how their skin color changed. And so obviously they could tell by looking at each other, looking at themselves, that obviously they were made well. Can we all agree with that? Okay. And uh, so anyway, uh, verse 15 now. Okay. So, uh, and one of them, everybody say one. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, okay, returned, he returned, and with a loud voice, everybody say voice, voice. with a loud voice, glorified God. Okay? Well, that sounds like a good thing to do if you got delivered. Come on, somebody. And then verse 16 says, and he fell down on his face at, at Jesus' feet here. Giving him thanks. And the word says, and he was a Samaritan. Huh. Why do you think it says that? Because he was a Samaritan. He was an outsider. Uh, he's letting it be known, you know. Uh, you know, the, the word that, when you see things in the word, it's, there's a reason for it, you know. And, uh, you know, his own people wouldn't, you know, <laughs> wouldn't come back and give thanks. But, but this outsider, 
didn't have a problem with it. And so Jesus answered and said, he even acknowledges it, were there not ten cleansed? Now he acknowledged it. Were there not ten of you? Where are the nine? <laughs> Where are the nine? Where's the other nine? That says something, doesn't it? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Now, I don't know about you, I mean, but if, he, if he's putting that in here, it's obviously pretty, you know, there's a reason for it, right? And so he said to him, okay, the one that came back, the foreigner, arise, go your way now. He doesn't have to go to the priest anymore. He said, you go your way, and he says, your faith has made you well, which is the Greek word sozo, okay, which means total deliverance, whole, okay, complete. So that man, there was no reason for him to go to the priest now. The other nine are going to show up at the priest. They're going to get cleared. They're going to get to go home. Yay, hallelujah, right? Come on. That's all great. But there's still sign and evidence that there was a disease. This man was totally delivered. There won't even be a sign of the disease on him. If he would have went to the priest, the priest would have laughed. and said, what are you talking about? So what, what's going on here? Well, a seed produced an effect. It produced an outcome. Giving thanks produces an outcome, produces change. We got boys shackled up in a prison. And, uh, you know, they're... There ain't nothing, you know, pretty about these prisons. They don't get to watch TV. Uh, you know, they don't get to have little meetings and, you know, come on. Yeah, me and Scott wouldn't have been allowed in there. But I know there's Juan and all the others that come in and help. Amen. It would have been a different ball game. But uh, they're down in this waller and in the mess and stuff that's on the ground and critters that are running around and, and uh, they're shackled to a wall, and they begin in everything, right? In the midst of the worst conditions that could possibly be possible, they decide, you know what? Let's start singing some songs and start thanking God and worshiping God, amen? And the Word says they began to sing and began to give, you know, honor and, and loving God, praising God, and it said, loud enough! Because this is always key, that all the other prisoners could hear them. They weren't just... Praise the Lord. God is good. Ching, ching, ching. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, God is good. Ching, ching, ching. God is good. Somebody said, well, I don't know. That's quite what they said. How do you know? All I know is it obviously was the will of God, and it obviously pleased God, and it obviously was true seed being sown, that it produced an effect that shook that prison created such an effect that the ground shook. Obviously, God was getting into it. So that's why I think it was a pretty upbeat tune. Anyway, whatever. Okay, so anyway, the ground shook, shackles fell off, doors fly open. It produces an effect. Philippians 4 um, 
a text we've kind of used off and on through this series and uh, talking about thought life, but he makes this statement in verses 6 and 7, to be anxious for nothing but in everything, in everything, everybody say in everything, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And what happens? Well, an outcome. And all of a sudden, the peace of God, which literally surpasses our understanding. All, it says all understanding. In other words, no matter how your head was trying to go with this or do with this, how your head was trying to wrap around this, when you start giving thanks, it changes an atmosphere. The peace of God shows up, and it bypasses or surpasses your own understanding, then begins to guard your heart and your mind. I think something shifts and changes here. What do you think? The word peace, uh, the Greek word is Irene. The Hebrew word for it is shalom. It means whole or complete. literally means to set at one again, which means to put things back to its original state, back to its original order. It means divine order in the place of chaos. Anytime peace comes on the scene, chaos has to leave. To set at one again, that's what happened to that leper. Anytime you talk about the peace of God, um, really what you see one and the same in a sense, okay, you just give me a little liberty on this, but is the presence of God. Because when you define peace and then the Scriptures define presence, you get almost the same definition. Because in presence is the fullness of joy. In presence is pleasures forevermore. In presence is rest. Come on. In presence is times of refreshing. In presence is times of restoration. Come on. In other words, you know, anytime the peace of God shows up, the presence of God's there. Anytime the presence of God shows up, it brings peace. Now they work together. Now, of course, they're you know, we can take each one separate and, you know, as we minister on it, but they, they show up together. They're around each other. So the bottom line is that part of this, what we see here, is the giving of thanks brings peace on the scene. It changes an atmosphere. I said it changes an atmosphere. I think um, I think I kind of like this atmosphere that Thanksgiving brings. One of the other definitions of this word peace means everything that makes for man's highest good shows up. Okay, let's look at this now. Psalms 95, put verse uh, 2 on there. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Everybody say with. So most of the time, if you read speed read that, you think, okay, God shows up, then you come with thanks. It's, it's really the opposite. You come with thanksgiving, which means when you come with thanksgiving, there's presence. Hang on. Let us shout joyfully to Him with songs. In other words, something's got to be coming out your mouth. It's hard to shout without your vocal cords engaged. Is anybody hearing me? All right. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Put uh, Psalms 100 on the board. Let's, yeah, we'll go ahead and read the whole thing. I think we got time to do that. Let's read the whole thing. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. I'm going to turn to it with mine here. Everybody say a joyful shout. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but anytime we get to talking about these things, something your mouth's always got to be involved. Everybody say shout. Now, I don't know if you know this. I'll just throw this out here, just a little thing. It's just a little, uh, you know, a little thought I'm having. But um, if you think you're going to go to heaven and it's going to be just all calm and quiet, well, you know, I mean, some people maybe need to know that because maybe they might not want to go. Well, I don't know. Some people don't want to come to churches because they're too loud. 
or they, you know, you know, just saying. I just, you know, I, my thought is you should go to a loud church because get used to it. Because when you get there, you want to already kind of be in the groove. Because you don't want to get there and go, And then we'll have to take you to the back room and school you for a few hundred years. Oh, okay, whatever. Everybody's got their ideas, but that's, that's the way it works. But guess what? He, he kind of likes the joyful shout. Come on. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands or all ye peoples. That's what that means. Amen. Serve the Lord with gladness. The word gladness actually is just a, uh, if you look it up, it just means joyous gratitude. All right? The whole thing's about, about Thanksgiving here. Come before His presence with singing. And of course, it's not just talking about any song. Come on, somebody. But it's talking about triumphant songs. It's talking about songs that, that bring, uh, you know, bring thanks unto God. Amen. How many know, if, you know singing a stairway to heaven probably ain't going to get presents? So I, anyway, just thought. It's a great, wonderful song, I guess. You know, it's a you know, popular song and you know, definitely a classic. But uh, that's probably not the song we're talking about. Somebody say, I love that. <laughs> Never mind. We'll just leave it alone. <laughs> we're talking about a type of song. Come on, right? Come on, right? All right, know that the Lord, He is God. Amen. It is He who has made us, not we ourselves. Hallelujah. If we would have made ourselves, we'd probably... Never mind, I'll leave that alone. Anyway, it wouldn't have been good. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. Amen. How many, how many agree with that? Amen. All right, let's back up to verse 4. Okay, we're talking about creating, you know, uh, an atmosphere, a change, an effect. Amen. This word, enter into His gates. All right, enter into His gates with thanksgiving. Let's define it a little bit. All right. The word here, enter. All right. Uh, means to cause to enter. Okay, or to grant entrance. Okay. It means to cause to come upon or cause to come in and out. Now, these are all, when you start defining this word enter, you know, you just might just say, okay, open a door, you walk in a door, okay? Uh, but it's more than just opening a door and walking in a door, okay? You just have to see that, okay? Okay. Now, we, we're obviously going to enter with, with well, I think one translation even says it this way it says, uh, we enter in with the password. Thank you. <laughs> I like that. Amen. So we enter in, hallelujah, into His gates. Everybody say His gates. Because, you know, there are other gates. There's all kinds of gates. Scripture talks about other gates. You know, they talk about His gates. They talk about the gates of righteousness, the gates of Jerusalem, the gates of the new Jerusalem. All right? It talks about, it's talking about these, right? And it also talks about other gates. There's, uh, um, you know, the gates of death. There's the gates of Sheol, which is the, the gates of the grave. There's the gates of Hades, or the gates of hell. He's not talking about those gates. But you have to understand those gates are there. See, there's gates. You still with me? The word gate is defined as an entrance, as an opening, a doorway, a passageway. Okay, listen. Or portal, a portal, okay? And it refers, as you study, it refers to something going both ways. So this gate is a portal that you go in, and there's something going in and something coming out. Are you still with me? Now, the way you enter into this, the way you open up a portal, amen, is with, Thanksgiving. Now, I'm not going to take the time today because we want this to be a positive message, not a negative message. But I could do a full message on unthankful. 
And all those other gates I mentioned, that's how you go in those gates. So, listen up. We're going to go in the right gates. Somebody with me today? Amen. So the way it happens is a thing called thanksgiving. Amen. Of confessing thanks. Amen. Confessing adoration. Speaking. Amen. Praise. Amen. Confessing out our mouth. Out of our mouth, we're going to sow thanks unto God. And we're going to enter into, amen, a portal. Amen. Of God. Okay. That's how the atmosphere begins to change. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And again, that word praise is talking about a praise of adoration or a praise of, uh, you know, basically of thanks. Okay. So the word court is defined as a courtyard. Okay. Literally a courtyard that is encompassed by a gate or encompassed by a wall is referred to as an atmosphere or an environment. When you walk into his courts, you know you're in his courts. Come on, somebody. Well, how do you get in there? Well, through the gate. Through the gate. That's how you get to that environment or that atmosphere or that effect or that harvest is through His gate. Because His gate leads into His courtyard. The other gates enter into somebody else's courtyard. And you just have to decide which gate you want to go in. Well, I'd rather go in his gate any day. Come on, somebody. So, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. That's the password. All right. So, what do you want to be, you know, surrounded with? What environment would you like to walk into? Would you rather have... His courtyard or another? Okay. Now, I know that's all a gimme. I mean, nobody here is going to say, well, you know, let me think on it. No, you're all going to think, oh, I know, I know which we want. And we all want the right one. I mean, I don't think there's anybody here that, wouldn't say, that would say different. Um, but you have to understand that it, it happens through Thanksgiving. Now, um, I, I always, um, the word portal talking about a gateway it's a portal Um, that means a portal can open up no matter where you're at you don't have to go to a physical location somewhere to go through this gate he says that if you will begin to give thanks it opens up a portal that can instantly begin to change your atmosphere and I said instantly, instantly, you can change an environment, instantly change an atmosphere, instantly get a breakthrough, instantly get made whole, instantly, come on, instantly step into a place where all your needs could be met because you've opened up the portal. Now, you know, you know, over the years, you know, some you watch movies, you see things, you know. Um, I'm not necessarily a big sci-fi guy or anything like that, but every now and then, you know, I, I don't mind watching Star Trek or something like that, you know. You know, beam me up, Scotty kind of thing, you know. But, you know, in some of them shows, they, they give an example of what it means, you know, as far as a portal. They have these little things, and wouldn't it be cool just to have one of them things? Stand still in your location. Okay. 
And then you end up on the on the starship or star. Is that right? I gotta say the right one with the right one, because it ain't Star Wars, this is Star Trek. Trek. See, I'm already being corrected. I told you I'm not necessarily a sci-fi guy, but all that kind of stuff's kind of cool. In all honesty, that's exactly what we're talking about. God says if you will come in with thanksgiving, that portal opens up. And now you've stepped in, you step through a gateway. Remember, a gate in and out. You step through something into an atmosphere and environment that you're allowing now to manifest right where you're at. Just this thing called thanks. I'm hoping by the time we're done here today that you're going to understand the importance of saying, thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do. Amen? There's something about it. Um, Isaiah 51, put that up, verse, is like verse 3, thank you. For the Lord will comfort Zion. Now, Zion is a type, a shadow of, his, you know, of, of the church or of his people. And it says that he will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Now, just another way of saying Eden. Joy and gladness is, will be found in it. Everybody say found in it. It's already happening, all right? Thanksgiving and the voice of melody or the voice of song, amen. And again, talking about a song of, of praise or a song of thanks. But it says it's already going to be found in it. Found in what? Well, in Zion. Are you hearing me? So because of joy and gladness, because of thanksgiving and a voice of melody, it changes an atmosphere. The Lord will comfort Zion. Word comfort here. Let me, let me give you some, uh, show you this. It means to restore. Everybody say restore. How many want God to move in your life? You know the cool thing about thanks? Is every single one of us can do this. This isn't too hard for anybody. This isn't over anybody's head. I mean, you might get to some certain areas of doctrine and look at it and you think, whew, it's going to take me a while to get that. But you talk about giving thanks. I mean, you can walk right out of here with a revelation today. It ain't hard to just stop once in a while and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And if I have to, every step of the way, till I get this thing working in me, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, the Lord will comfort or, uh, you know, or empower or avenge or restore Zion. He will comfort or restore her waste places. The word waste places means drought or that which is desolate. Okay. How many want that drought or that desolate thing gone in your life? He will make her wilderness. Talking about, again, Zion's wilderness. Okay? In other words, that just means driven, uh, uh, driven in and out without pasture. No place to feed from. How many would like that gone? That was about two of you. Wow. Do you like the wilderness? I don't like the wilderness. Okay? I want my waste places gone, the wilderness gone, and it says he'll make it like Eden. He'll make the desert Come on, whatever, that word literally means sterile valley. You may feel like you're a part of any of this, the waste place, the wilderness, the desert. But it says that when, uh, when God obviously comes to restore, amen, what happens? He changes it to Eden or the garden of the Lord. And it's all because of what was found in it. At one time, it wasn't found in it. But now it's found in it. Because it's found in it, all of a sudden it begins to change everything. 
You may say, well, pastor, I don't really have much to praise God about. Listen, the, when you feel the least like praising God is when you need to do it the most. Because we need to change what's going on. So it needs a little bit of thanksgiving. The word Eden, if you just looked it up in, in a concordance, it's just going to say the garden of the Lord. That's how it's going to define it. But the word Eden, the best way to define Eden then is through the Hebrew language because of the, the letters that it takes uh, to make up the word Eden. Actually spells, uh, really actually shows a picture, okay? And uh, so the word Eden, some of you have heard me say this before, but the word Eden is made up of basically four symbols, okay? Four letters. And what it is, one means, it talks about a, a momentary spot, one's talking about his presence, one's dealing with an open doorway, and one of them is dealing with heaven itself. So what it's saying, what Eden is, please hear this, Eden is a momentary spot where his presence is an open door to heaven. See, right now, you can't go anywhere on the map or on the planet to find Eden. But Eden is looking for you. And what he's trying to say is, this is, how, this is what happens when you tap the portal. Eden can manifest. It's a momentary spot where his presence, amen, amen, is an open doorway into heaven and heaven's resources. Right there. Bang. The quickest way. That's why it's his will. That's why it brings pleasure. That's why this principle of sowing and reaping is so important. Amen. It's meant to work for you. Listen, we're operating on a planet that's cursed. I mean, it's out there. Got problems, a lot of problems. But you're a people that everywhere you go, it ought to flourish. How does it get to flourishing? Well, things like this. That everywhere you go, you bring Eden with you. Every need met, everything that makes for man's highest good manifests, healing, wholeness, breakthroughs, amen, deliverance, the blessing is all a part of it. What atmosphere do you want today? I didn't think that was a tough question. What atmosphere do you want today? I want his. I want Eden. Amen. I want Eden. A momentary spot where his presence is an open doorway to heaven. You know, when you think about, um, you know, I mentioned the peace of God, the sh you know, Hebrew word shalom. Um, the Jewish culture, that's, that's how they greet each other. They go shalom, shalom, and they'll ba say back shalom. And you've heard me say these things. But it's because they're telling each other how they're doing. See, it's different in our culture. We're the just complete opposite. We, you know, we all ask each other, how you doing? Oh, good. <laughs> right? And then pretty soon you're wondering, why did I ask? Come on. But, you know, we do it trying to, you know, maybe be cordial, be kind. That's just kind of how we do it. And, but in all honesty, we give each other then the opportunity Amen. To either give thanks or not. And most of the time it ends up being the other way. And uh, in, in the Jewish culture, they don't even give each other that opportunity. They just tell each other how they are. You're well and whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Everything working like it should. Everything in divine order in your life. The presence of God manifests around you every day. Shalom. And you go, well, hey, back at you, brother. Shalom, <laughs> shalom to you. Everything working in you. Everything whole, everything well. Your family's prospering. Your needs are met. Your bills are paid. You're walking in Eden. We have a hard time understanding that. 
But I think we should get used to it. Come on now. I think we should get used to it. I like Eden. Amen. You know, uh, you can't, uh, can't find it on a map anymore. Now, we have an idea based on, you know, locations and the way the scriptures that were, you know, history. We, we know about where it was in the beginning, but you ain't going to find it on a map now. But you can still find it. And that's the point trying to be made is that if you want Eden, amen, it starts with some thanks. And if you can maintain some thanks in your life, you can maintain that environment, that atmosphere, that courtyard, that place called Eden manifesting on your behalf. And in that place, every need met. In that place, amen, God shows himself strong. Are you still with me? So I, I just think today, um, you know, as we, you know, head into this next week, my heart today was just to kind of stir you. Now, we're not looking at, you know, Thanksgiving as just some national holiday, something that, you know, got started because of some pilgrims, which was a wonderful thing. We're not taken away from that, but we're going to be thankful just because we choose to be thankful. And this is just another opportunity to be thankful, praise God. Why? Because God's people are a thankful people, praise God. Amen. Can I hear a big amen today? Amen. amen. Why don't you all stand up, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise and glory once again for the principles that we've learned here today. Thank you that we had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Thank you, Lord, for, hallelujah, stirring within each and every one of us the need to be thankful. Hallelujah. That in everything, hallelujah, we have something to be thankful for. No matter what's going on, no matter what's happening in our lives at the moment, we can be thankful. And we choose to be. Lord, I thank you for the manifestation of your presence, of your peace, of Eden being manifested around us throughout, hallelujah, this coming week. Father, we choose to be thankful in all things. And we give you the praise and the glory for it. Hallelujah. You know, there ain't nothing more uh, worthy of thanks than just the fact that we've made Jesus Christ Lord of our lives. I mean that, you know, our spirit man was completely made new when we accepted Him. Amen. I mean, just with a decision of saying, yes, Lord. We became a new creation in Christ. Literally, with our decision of saying yes to Jesus, all of heaven went into a party. They're always looking for something to party about up there. <laughs> and when somebody gives their heart to Jesus, all of heaven goes to rejoicing. That's pretty amazing. Amen. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus, if you've never asked Him into your heart, if you've never, you know, made that choice to just let go and let God, maybe today is your day. Maybe today, praise God, you can receive Jesus as Lord and become a new creation in Christ. And cause all of heaven to go into a place of rejoicing. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. 
We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.